On this week's episode of Foamcast Radio, we talk about a Nerf blaster that's being relaunched with modulus colors, we discuss rumors of upcoming Nerf releases for 2018, I review a popular Nerf pistol, we've got loads of upcoming events to talk about, and I interview the founder of the Spokane Nerf Association. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. All right, boys and girls, this week we have some exciting news. Nerf recently announced that they are relaunching the Demolisher as a modulus blaster. Uh, For those of you who maybe don't remember, the Demolisher is a flywheel blaster that shoots elite darts, and it also has a pump-action rocket launcher down on the bottom, as well as a detachable stock. Well, it is being relaunched as a modulus blaster with a ton of different attachments. It still fires elite darts and the Demolisher rockets, uh, and it still is flywheel-powered and has pump-action for the rocket launcher, but it now comes with an adjustable stock that's adjustable in multiple directions, so it can get longer and shorter. It can also get taller, so you can adjust the cheek rest. Uh, That stock does not hold a demolisher rocket like the previous one did. However, it does have some other exciting things that we'll get to in a minute. There's also a barrel extension included with this version of the demolisher, as well as a magazine holder that attaches to tactical rails, so you can attach a second magazine somewhere on your blaster. Speaking of magazines, it uses a 12-round banana magazine, and there's also this new attachment called the folding rail expander, or at least that's what I'm calling it. Basically, it attaches to a tactical rail, and then it gives you three more tactical rails that you can sort of bend and fold around to get them to point in whatever direction you want them to, so that's kind of cool. There's also a flip-up peep sight that's included. It's uh, It sort of reminds me, it's a little bit reminiscent of the old Recon flip-up sight, except this actually has two separate parts, a rear aperture and then um, a front section that flips up as well. So it's kind of similar, but it's also new. There is also a rocket holder that attaches to a rail, and I'm not totally positive from the information that we have from Nerf, but it looks like it will hold three rockets, which would make sense because the blaster does come with four rockets total, so that way you'd have three in the holder and then you'd have one in the chamber. And then there's also uh, one of the modulus lights that uh, came out a while ago. They're not very good, they're not very bright, but it comes with one of those and that attaches to a rail as well. Speaking of rails, this thing is absolutely packed with tactical rails. The blaster has two tactical rails on the sides, uh, or one on each side and one on the top. The barrel extension has a tactical rail on each side of it. The stock has a tactical rail on each side of it. And then you've got that uh, that rail expander as well. So it's there's just rails galore. And so in the uh, the picture on the box, they actually show the magazine holder attached to the one of the stock rails, and then the light attached to one of the side rails on the blaster itself, and then the folding rail expander is on top with the peep sight on top of that, and then the rocket holder uh, on one of those other rails on it. So basically, it's just got rails upon rails everywhere for all the tactics. So that's pretty awesome, and I think this is going to be something that people are going to buy 
just to get all of those different accessories that have rails on them so that they can put them on other blasters. Uh, it does come with 40 darts total, which is pretty crazy because uh, we're, we're not totally sure how many magazines it comes with yet. In the picture on the box, it looks like it's got two, but from the outside of the box looking at what's contained inside of it, you can only see one. So we're not sure yet about that. But it looks like it does have 40 darts and 4 rockets. It's expected to retail for $100 US and be released in fall of 2018, although I have heard some rumors that it might not come out until Christmas. But this is definitely one to keep an eye out for, and uh, especially with all those different accessories that can be potentially put on other blasters, this is one that's going to be really exciting. You love Foamcast Radio, but you're broke as a joke. Don't worry. You can still support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And now, back to the show. Another thing that I wanted to bring your attention to this week was some rumored 2018 releases from Nerf. And there's actually a whole bunch of them, so we're going to kind of go through them, and I'll just tell you the things that are are rumored, that are speculated, and a lot of this stuff is unconfirmed still. So we're still waiting to hear from Nerf about any of these things. So the first one is the Stratohawk. This is essentially a reskinned Rapid Strike that is going to have the AccuStrike colors. It's going to come with AccuStrike darts. It looks like it'll come with a drum magazine, probably a 25-round drum magazine, a barrel extension that looks exactly like the Modulus long-range barrel attachment, except, uh, again, all of this is skinned to have the AccuStrike orange coloring. And it looks like it also comes with one of those faux scopes that goes on top of it as well. So, again, it's it looks very similar to a Rapid Strike. So, if that's true, then uh, this would be the first AccuStrike flywheel blaster that Nerf has released. So, that's exciting. The next one is the Talon Strike. This also looks like a reskin of the Side Strike. So if you have the Nerf Zombie Strike Side Strike, this is a pistol that came with a holster, and it's got a slide prime on top of it, and then you just put one dart in the muzzle and fire it, and then prime it and put another dart in it, and so on. Uh, it looks like they're they're reskinning this and releasing it with AccuStrike darts, and it looks like that's the only change to that. The next one is the Sure Strike, which is a reskin of the Clear Shot, and it looks like this one actually comes with a blue pinpoint sight. So that's kind of exciting because you can never have too many pinpoint sights, and of course, it's uh, not always the easiest thing in the world to find a pinpoint sight that's colored the same as your blaster if you're going for that unified uh, color scheme. So uh, this is kind of exciting, and I think uh, it's definitely going to be a way that people are going to get another color of pinpoint sight so that they can put it on a blue blaster, like maybe a rapid strike, for example. And then the last one is a new release of the Strife. And this one they're calling the Strife CQ, which I assume stands for close quarters. It looks like it comes with a stock attachment. It also comes with a barrel attachment. Uh, It looks very similar to one of the Modulus barrels that came out a while ago. It also looks like it comes with a folding foregrip. Again, it looks like the Modulus folding foregrip, and it looks like this version of the Strife will ship with a 10-round banana magazine. Other than that, it appears to be functionally identical to all the other Strifes, so hopefully all the previous mods and all the previous accessories and everything will continue to work because we know that the Strife is a very 
popular blaster with modders. So those are all the rumors that I have for you as far as upcoming nerf releases. Again, we're still waiting to hear from nerf if any of these are going to be confirmed, and I will let you know as soon as we have more information on that. Want to advertise on Foamcast Radio? We love offering our listeners exclusive discounts. Send us an email at info at foamcastradio.com. And now, back to the show. This week on the show, I am reviewing one of the more popular uh, Nerf Blasters to be released recently. I am talking about the Nerf Rival Kronos. Now, this one has been out for a little while, uh, but I've been evaluating it and... I wanted to let you know uh, basically information about it, but then also my thoughts. So th- there are two different versions of this. There's the Nerf Rival uh, Deadpool Chronos, and there's also the Nerf Rival Phantom Core Chronos. Uh, but for purposes of this review, I'm just going to call it the Nerf Rival Chronos because functionally they're identical. The only difference is the paint job on the on the outside. So basically, this is a a pistol that fires Nerf rival rounds. It's approximately the size of a hammer shot, except it's a little bit bigger in the back uh, because of the slide prime. And it's got an internal magazine that holds five rival rounds. Now, all of this on its own is pretty nice, um, but there are some things that make it really a great blaster. And mostly that has to do with the different mods that can be done to it, as well as the accessories that are available for it. Some of the more common mods that I've seen are the six-round mod. There's a way to basically trim back part of the follower so that uh, you make a little bit extra space down there inside that internal magazine so you can fit a sixth rival round. There's also the very simple, non-destructive reloading door removal. Uh, Basically, you just have to take the shell apart, and then you can just take that door off. And this makes it so that you can reload the blaster without having to open the little door that's on top of the blaster which really doesn't serve any purpose. And then finally, the other common mod is to take a K26 spring, cut it down, and replace the original spring with that, and that gives it a lot more power. Downside to this is it also makes it very difficult to prime. So I have played with some other people's Kronos blasters that have K26s in them, and after doing so, I decided against putting a K26 in just because it makes it much more difficult to prime with really, in in my opinion, not a very necessary benefit. It does make it more powerful, does make it shoot farther, but in my opinion, it's already plenty powerful, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So the other thing that's exciting about this blaster is the various accessories that's available. Primarily, there are a lot of grips out there, and this stems from the fact that once you put a K26 spring in it, it's a lot more difficult to prime. So people have come up with a lot of different methods to aid in priming the blaster, and primarily those come down to different grip methods. So uh, one that I've seen is just a grip that attaches to the top, to the tactical rail on the slide. Um, There are two tactical rails, actually, one on the slide and one uh, up in front of the slide, but there's one that goes on the slide. It's 3D printed and just basically gives you a little bit better purchase, although in my experience, I don't think it's super necessary. I think you can grip the slide just fine without that. The next one is the T-grip that uh, screws onto the top of the slide on the back, and basically it makes it easier. You can use two fingers, and it gives you a little bit more leverage when you are uh, pulling that slide back. And then finally, there's one that looks a lot like a red dot sight, but it's fake. It's not actually functional, but it gives you a point where you can basically push your hand up against it and use that to give you a little bit 
better grip on the slide while priming. Now, other than the fact that the fake red dot looks cool, these are really only necessary if you put a K26 spring in the blaster, but I still think that uh, they're, they're helpful in some ways, and I think that that fake red dot looks pretty cool. The other accessories that are available that you can find are holsters. Uh, I've seen a few different models out there. The one that I like is a thigh rig holster that's 3D printed. Uh, there's also one that's really cool that's magnetic, and uh, Drac actually reviewed this one where basically it, it uses a couple of magnets that you attach to the side of the blaster, and then you strap a couple magnets to your leg, and it sticks in place there, which is really cool. But it's also pretty easy to uh, release it when you want to actually draw the blaster and use it. So both of those are pretty neat, and I plan on getting one of the 3D printed thigh holsters for it at some point uh, as opposed to the magnetic one. The blaster itself goes for 20 US dollars which is very affordable and a great option for a rival blaster. Because it uses the rival balls it's got excellent range and actually recently I was in a nerf battle where I was using a totally unmodified nerf rival chaos and I was outdoors and there was a little bit of wind and the rounds were just kind of going all over the place and I really had to lob them and I had to account for the wind as well. Um, it just didn't have the power to punch through and carry straight. But as soon as I pulled out my Kronos and started firing that, the rounds were flying straight. They weren't being as affected by the wind, and I was hitting targets much more effectively. I was actually really surprised because I was expecting that the Chaos was going to have uh, a lot more power behind it with the flywheels than this one does because it's a Springer. But I was actually pleasantly surprised that the Kronos is very powerful. And again... I don't have a K26 in this. Uh, I'm just using the stock spring. I haven't really made any modifications other than to remove that uh, reloading door. And it was a really impressive performance out of it. So I definitely recommend this if you're getting into the rival line, if you're putting together a rival kit, or if you just want to uh, mess around with it. I recommend it highly. And uh, check it out. Again, It's uh, it, it, the MSRP is $20, but I think you can find them on Amazon right now for $18. So check out the show notes for a link to that on Amazon. Looking for Foamcast Radio merch? We've got apparel, patches, and sweet tactical gear available for purchase on our website. Foamcastradio.com slash merch. And now, back to the show. All right, we have an absolute mountain of events to go through this week. Uh, the Colorado Nerf Club is having their third war of the year on May 19th. The Northeastern Nerf Club is having their second war on May 26th. Uh, Minnesota Nerf is having their June Nerf War, and that's on June 2nd. And then Hampton Roads Nerf Gaming is having their End War pregame battle in Virginia Beach on June 10th. They're also having the Century 3 Mall Nerf War in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania on June 16th. And then the Spokane Nerf Association is having their second battle of the year on June 30th. And that'll be in Spokane, Washington. So I've got links to all of these events on the show notes. So definitely head over to foamcastradio.com to check that out and to see if you want to participate in any of these. If you are putting together a Nerf event or you know about one that's coming up and it's going to be open to the public, please email me at info at foamcastradio.com. Give me the details and I would love to feature it on the show. 
Foamcast Radio is entirely supported by our sponsors. Please support the show by checking them out and use our coupon code when you make a purchase. And now, back to the show. All right, boys and girls, this week on Foamcast Radio, I am talking to the founder of the Spokane Nerf Association, Charlene Norden. Uh, Char, how's it going today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, um, obviously, you just had your, your first organized uh, battle event, and that's awesome. And we'll get to talking about that in a second. But first, um, for people who uh, haven't met you before, why don't you let us know what exactly got you into the hobby of blaster toys? Ah, oh, getting into the hobby of blaster toys. Well, I'm retired military, and I used to do airsoft for a while. Unfortunately, I realized the air fo- airsoft caused a lot of issues with post-traumatic stress disorder, and I got away from any type of shooting games. I found a number of number of different YouTubers, uh, Walcom F7. Coop, Captain Xavier, and really fell in love with the idea of shoot a shooting game where it doesn't have to be uber realistic or all black and gunmetal and hyper realistic what firearms. Uh, it's really it, it's fun and has allowed myself and my partner and a number of friends to just have a good time. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I was uh, discussing this on an Instagram thread the other day with someone who commented on one of our posts. And there's, you know, paintball and airsoft and Nerf. Um, they're all very different in their own ways. And, you know, some people like one or the other or a combination. But to me, I think the the strength of Nerf is that it is very lighthearted. It is, it is very playful. Um, it doesn't usually, you know, depending on mods that are done and stuff. It doesn't usually hurt if you get hit. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot more lighthearted and that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, you founded the Spokane Nerf Association and, uh, how long ago did you do that? And, and what was your reason for doing that? I started thinking about founding the association last summer after, trying to find event organized events within Spokane and around Spokane and there wasn't much of anything and the few different events that were supposed to happen never were facilitated or were gone about in a manner that caused them to never happen i started finding a number of people who were into nerf within Spokane and the surrounding area on various Nerf-related discords I belong to. And so sort of getting in touch with them and talking with them. And, you know, they didn't want to drive all the way to the west coast of Washington for the Fort Borst Wars or the Portland Wars. So we wanted something closer. And that's how the Spokane Nerf Association association came about. And for people who maybe aren't familiar with the geography of the area, uh, Spokane is on the east side of the state of Washington. Um, the, the second, it's the second biggest uh, metropolitan area in the state of Washington, with the first largest being the Seattle area. Um, and so I, I definitely 
sympathize with those people not wanting to drive, you know, four or five hours to get over to Seattle to participate in events. Um, and I remember last summer also, cause I was doing the same thing. I was looking around for events to participate in and there was nothing. I mean, the, the one that I found that showed any sort of promise, um, the individual that was organizing it basically did a terrible job of doing so and ran into some legal trouble and the whole thing ended up falling apart. Um, exactly. so that, was, that was really disappointing. And so I, I'm actually really happy that somebody stepped up and started, um, putting this together uh, I think that's really great, and I, I hope to see some great things come out of it. So now you had your uh, first organized battle event just a couple of days ago, Saturday the 12th. I was there, but uh, so, so I know the answer to this question, but for people who weren't there, um, what was your assessment of it? What do you think as far as like the turnout, how it went, uh, how people enjoyed it? What did you think about it? Well, I think it was... Far more than what I could call it a, a success. I think it was for a first war an extreme hit, especially seeing that we have a dedicated park and it's it's an hour outside of Spokane and we have free reign. So I think the turnout was great. Granted, my older blasters going against rival blasters, not the best experience on my part. But I also haven't done any Uber mods on those. But I think it was fun. Um, I think everybody had a great time. I will say that I'm going to be posting a lot more on polls of what game sets we want to have instead of trying to run it off the cuff. Because I, we don't want to have as many, much standing around and waiting as we did have. But I still think it was a great success compared to not trying at all. Yeah, definitely. And for people who, you know, maybe are used to these larger events that have 50 to 100 people or whatever, this, you know, doesn't come close to that. But considering this was the first time in years that an event like this has happened anywhere in the Spokane area, uh, I definitely think that it was uh, it was successful. And uh, I, I look forward to events, you know, just getting bigger, you know, obviously this is small beginnings, but you know, you're talking about the acorn here. And once we get to the tree, it's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm definitely excited to see what's going to happen. And I, I agree with your assessment. I think that it was uh, definitely successful considering it was, you know, our first time having one of these events and we didn't really, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. And I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to get better moving forward. So speaking of moving forward, can you tell us about any plans for upcoming events, like maybe next month? Well, next month's war has been decided to be on June 30th, same time frame, 11 to 4, 11 to 5, depending on the number of people that show up at the same place, and the possibility of July's war being a weekend event. I'm still looking into the details on that right now. I haven't posted the, for the June War, I haven't posted the polls on what game sets we want to play. I figure I'll get those out within the next couple of days. I'm still actually recuperating. Recuperating from the uh, 
the from the physical event. activity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I was sore the next day. I was doing uh, some sprinting around there when we were doing capture the flag. So that was fun. Yeah, you know, I'm not as as in shape as I used to be. <laughs> well, I'm sure with more and more battles, uh, everyone will definitely be improving. Exactly. And I, I also wanted to take a second to personally thank the uh, the small town of Malden for letting us use their park. They've pretty much given us uh, free reign to use that, and, and I, I think I speak for everybody involved when I say that we definitely appreciate them giving us that uh, that permission to use their park and everything. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I have to say I had gone through a lot trying to find a place for us to hold our events, and – it sounds funny, but my town's park was a last, you know, it was the last ditch. It was like, if <laughs> I can't get them to say, okay, what are we going to do? Because Spokane has pretty much said no. Right. And this is all stems to the history that happened. But after talking with the mayor of the town and they were like, oh, yeah, that that'd be great. And they pretty much said we have free reign if we want to do overnights. Just uh, let them know and make sure we schedule. And and for people who don't know about the situation that happened previously, um, basically some, some other individuals totally unrelated to the Spokane Nerf Association uh, had done some pretty nasty things and uh, been pretty disrespectful towards the – the Spokane city government as far as um, their attempts to organize events. And so the result is that uh, there's sort of a, it, it left a bad taste in the mouths of the uh, local city government. And so now they're very uh, unlikely to be willing to facilitate anything going forward. So it's good that we were able to find, you know, an, another location uh, nearby. I, I think of an hour drive as being nearby that was willing to let you host this. I think that was pretty awesome. And I commend you for your efforts in um, locating uh, a place that we could do this. Uh, it's my pleasure. I just, you know, I'm hoping to find a few other places, but this is our home base for now. Yeah, and, and with something else that's exciting, I actually recently interviewed the CEO of the uh, Dart Wars uh, business and the National Dart Wars Association. Um, he's going to be on next week's show, and um, he said that they're they're looking to expand and they're looking at the possibility of expanding to Spokane as well. Uh, right now, their closest location is in Meridian, Idaho. So um, that's something that uh, we have to look forward to. That would be really cool because then we'd actually have an indoor arena. Exactly, and I think that's wonderful. It was actually interesting when you brought that up to me Saturday. I've actually been trying to talk to a couple warehouse owners about the possibility of using their warehouse for the same type of thing, but it wouldn't be a permanent structure. It would be we would have to go in, set up, have our games, then break down. Right, right. Well, uh, Shar, what are some of the ways that people can connect with the Spokane Nerve Association if they want to look you up and get some more information? Um, well, our the Facebook group at you know um, Spokane Nerf Association on uh, Facebook. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put a link to the uh, Facebook group. We're also going to put a link to the upcoming event in June uh, over in the show notes under the events section. 
also, I can be emailed at nerfnovicedena at gmail.com. Nerfnovice, N-O-V-I-C-E-D-E-N-N-A at gmail.com. And then I can be reached also through my YouTube channel, Nerf for Noobs, which is a slow but slowly but for surely growing channel. I will send you that link as well. And we'll definitely put that over in the show notes too, so people can check that out. So, Shar, I have one final question for you before I let you go. Out of all of the blasters that you've played with, Nerf or otherwise, what is your all-time favorite blaster? Oh, that is so hard. <laughs> it is. There are a lot of options. Um, honestly, there's two because one's bolt action and one's automatic. Uh, for bolt action or primer priming style, I have to go with the long strike for both the aesthetics, the modification potential, and the pure feasibility of handling the comfortability factor automatic automatic wise i have to go with the stampede yes i'm old school but (laughs) i i have to admit i love the stampede yeah definitely there's a nostalgia factor there for the stampede so i totally understand that now i'm hoping that once i get it get mine modded the where i want her to be she'll earn her name finally yeah, well, um, I know that uh, you know when you and I were facing off against each other, and I had my chaos, and you had your stampede. Pretty sure I won that one. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a couple times, but I tagged you quite a few too. <laughs> well, I look forward to uh, seeing that once you've uh, got some upgrades done to it. No, I can't wait. All right, thanks so much for uh, talking to me. My guest. This week has been Charlene Norton from the Spokane Nerf Association. Um, Please check the show notes for the links to that. Thanks so much for listening this week. Before you go, I just want to mention that we do have our merch store that's going. If you go to foamcastradio.com slash merch, I've got some great stuff there as far as apparel, uh, drinkware. You can get water bottles and stuff like that. It's really cool. So definitely go check that out. See if there's anything that you want. And they're decent prices too, guys. I'm not ripping you guys off. So definitely go to foamcastradio.com slash merch and check that out. Also, head over to our Instagram and check out Mod Mystery Monday. Uh, this week, the answer was the Nerf Vortex Praxis. And that picture is of all the various locks that I removed when I was modding it. I actually posted this one two weeks in a row because nobody got the right answer. And again, nobody got the right answer even after I gave a clue. So... Unfortunately, nobody wins this week. However, I will have a brand new contest, a brand new uh, Mod Mystery Monday up on our Instagram on Monday. So definitely head over there and check that out and guess and see if you can figure out what blaster I modded. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com. We can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio.